So if you have your Bibles or if you have your copy of God's Word, would you open with me to Mark chapter 4, and we will start in verse 1. As we have continued talking about uh, your one and reaching out to the one the Lord has called each of us to go after, it's appropriate that uh, we would find ourselves in Mark chapter 4, looking at the parable of the sower. And so if you have your Bible, if you'll open along with me and also got your uh, half page outline there, you can follow along as well as we look at Mark chapter 4, and let's start together in verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat, and he sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He was teaching them many things and parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and as the birds came, devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell along thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grains. And other seed fell into good soil and produced again, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10 continues, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and those uh, along the path where the word is sown, when they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others, the ones are sown among thorns, those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter it and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. We, we come to your word asking your help uh, to open our hearts to receive uh, what you have for us this morning. We don't want to learn more information and just stuff our minds full of information about you. Lord, we want this word to change our hearts, to change our evangelism efforts, to change our soil tilling efforts in our own souls. So Lord, we ask your help this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, you know, we last week, uh, I preached a sermon on your one. Who is the one person the Lord is calling uh, you to reach out to? Whether it's someone in your job or home or school, who is the one person? that We're going to talk about instead of just wanting to be more evangelistic, that we're going to focus on one person to pray for, to, to love on, to encourage to the gospel. And so I pray that you've had a, a fruitful week of prayer over that one person. As you leave this morning, you'll see in the lobby on the left-hand side as you leave, the big one with the ping-pong balls ready for the person that you are going to be reaching out to to have their name on it and dropped in. Uh, if you are at home right now watching or watching on TV, if you have that person that you are wanting to add to our one, you can put your one in an email to your one at MontgomeryFPC.org. Sally sells seashells by the seashore at this point, and, and put it into that email, and we'll put it in there for you to pray over and to continue that process. So as you leave as well, uh, Jay Spivey has come up with some incredible resources for you 
to help you as you pick out and, and pray over who your one is. But this specific parable has wonderful insights for us as we consider, one, is your heart ready to receive God's word? Do you have a fertile ground for God's word to take hold in your life? Are you tilling your soul ready for God's word to take root and to take shape and to produce wonderful fruit in your soul? That's one way that we're going to observe this passage this morning. But there's also a second. As we consider our role in following Jesus' footsteps to make disciples of all nations and share the gospel with people, we also have to understand that we're going to come up to four different types of soils. There's going to be people who have hard hearts, and we'll talk about all the the thorns and the path and the good soil. There'll be people on your pathway, possibly even your one, who will have these different types of soils. And so we need to be prepared for when we come up to these. And so here's four quick things that are not on your outline, but I would encourage you to put them down. Four things to encourage us as we walk to these four soils, as we sow the seeds of the gospel uh, to everyone that we come in contact with, especially in our one. First, we pray. Obviously, if you've missed uh, the news flashes here the past few weeks, everything that we do is going to be started in prayer. We bathe everything that we do in prayer. As y'all leave and go to college, I pray that you are praying about what it's going to look like for you to be a witness and an influence on your college campuses. And whatever the Lord's called you to next, it's going to begin intentionally in prayer. There's a reason why we, we waited a week before we put our ping pong balls in the one because it begins in prayer, allowing the Lord to open your heart to be prepared for sharing the gospel, teaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel. So it's always everything that we do, everything begins in prayer. We don't postscript or postdate our prayers to say, Lord, here's what I've decided, so now I need you to bless it, right? We begin every decision we make, everything that we do is bathed in the process of prayer. The second, we pray over our one as we sow the seed. We pray and we proclaim. We share, we tell, we demonstrate. We allow the gospel to work its way through our lives. We pray and then we proclaim it. We cannot accept, we cannot expect seed to bring forth fruit if there is no seed to bring forth fruit. And so people need to hear the gospel and know the gospel. We can't expect our one to simply magically show up one day and say, hey, by the way, Mark, I know you're my one. I accept the gospel. We share the gospel. We plant the gospel seeds everywhere that we go. So we pray, we proclaim, and we persist. We persist in the process of doing this. We keep going. Even though we run into hard-hearted people and, and those who don't accept the gospel quickly, we persist in it. This is not going to be a one-week campaign, and then we say, oh, that was a cool year one thing. We're done with it. No, we persist in it. So we pray, we proclaim, we persist, and number four, we repeat. Sorry, I couldn't come up with another P. We repeat the process. We pray, we proclaim, we persist, and we repeat the process. We keep going. We keep praying. We keep proclaiming. We keep persisting over and over because we desire people to come out of lostness into salvation. That's the desire of our hearts. So we don't just stop and say, well, I I prayed and then I proclaimed that one time. Oh, and then I persisted a little while and now I'm done. No, repeat. We keep going. We keep sowing the gospel seeds to anybody and everywhere that we go. And so we do all this in light of these four central paths are four central soils that we talk about. So let's quickly move through this together. First, we have um, the path. The first seed that is sown is onto the path, which is the hard heart. You see in verse 15 that the, uh, the sower comes and uh, those that were on the path where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown to them. When the, the word is sown to a hard-hearted path, 
It has no place to take root, no, no place to, to germinate and go up and, and produce fruit. It reminds me of a pathway. If you've ever been on a path that's not paved, a path that's been trampled on over many years by many different feet, you know that it is compacted dirt over many, many years, just compacted, packed strong and hard. There's no place for that seed to take root. You may know people in your life who are just hard-hearted. Over many years, the cares of the world, just the frustrations and sin issues and hard-heartedness and the stubbornness of the gospel has just made their heart so hard. Friends, we persist in prayer. There are certain people who their hearts just need to be opened by Jesus. By the Lord just needs to open their hearts. And there's nothing that we can say. There's no special magical word that we can say that their hearts will be open. That we've got to pray, Lord, would you open their hearts through me or through something? Would you just get their attention to open their hearts? I know they've been trotted on and trampled on over many years. I know their heart is so hard. But Lord, would you do the work to open their heart to receive the good news of the gospel? So we don't look at somebody and say, well, they're just a path person. Their heart is hard. The pathway has been hard for them. Their path is hard. Their heart is hard. And so they're too far gone. No reason to even throw any seed down there. Now, friends, we, we pray earnestly. Lord, would you do what only you can do? Lord, would you open their hearts? And I believe as we walk through this, R1 is going to be filled with hard-hearted people right now who their hearts are going to melt by the gospel of Jesus. And so we have the pathway. You move to the rocky soil. A soil that has a, a shallow heart. You see, they receive it with joy initially, and then the sun comes out and just scorches it. The Bible records that persecution or difficulty comes by way of the word. The word uh, persecution comes due to the word, and as the persecution comes, the sun just comes out and scorches that new bloom, and it withers away. And so we may walk through difficulties and face tribulation due to the difficulties in this world. And know that the sun will come in each of our lives. The Bible never talks about, as we follow Jesus, that the sun, the scorching sun, will not come. I wish I could come here and say that easily with all my heart, if you just trust in Jesus, the, sun, the, the scorching sun will never come up and you'll never sunburn in your life because everything is going to go smooth and easy and your bank account will be filled. And if you just follow Jesus and sow this seed, everything will be great in your life and you'll never have any problems at college. You're going to make all A's and everything's going to be good. You will get that promotion and you will buy that new car. Everything will be easy if you just follow Jesus. The problem is, it's just not in Scripture. What we see is the sun does come up. The difficulty does come. Trials do come your way. Difficulties come, not if they come, but when trials, when struggles come, when the sun comes out to scorch our faces. Know that times as believers, we will get sunburned. Even this week as I was walking around, I got a little sunburn up on my head to remind me of this important truth. But at times we, we get sunburned by the struggle and the pains and the sorrows of the things that we face in this world. Our prayer is that as believers, we are planted by streams of living water. So when the sun comes up, when the riptides of the world come and just ravage our world, our roots are deep. Seniors, I pray for you that these past several years that you've been in this church, that you have planted yourself by streams of living water. That you're prepared for the ups and downs, the sun that'll come out, that the difficulty that'll come your way, that we are not immune from it. You are not immune from it. As you are launched out of this place, difficulty will come your way. And so I pray that your root system is deep. And we have struggled through these years of RAs and GAs and mission friends and choirs to, to, to invest in you a deep and abiding root system. 
As we go forward, you see the rocky soil, but you also see the thorns. See in verses 18 and 19, the thorns, and this is the crowded heart. You move from a hard heart to a shallow heart, and there is a crowded heart. Can I just, by way of confession, say that if there is any soil that is like myself in here that's not good soil, it would be this crowded, thorn-filled soil. What does this look like? You see that in verses 18 and 19, Jesus records, and others uh, were sown among thorns. They're ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world with the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter and choke the word and prove it unfruitful. Several years ago, I was at a youth camp. I believe it was my first youth camp here at this church. I was in ninth grade. I'd just come over to First Baptist, and uh, we went to youth camp, and we had an incredible speaker come. And he, at the end of the week, he asked us to get a sheet of paper out, and on that sheet of paper to write down our top 10 priorities in life. Now, we were at church camp, so obviously that my first five were church-related things, right? Uh, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, top three. Got that knocked out. And then the rest were Bible, going to church. And so I felt pretty good. I may even thrown in six because I was super special. And seven was, you know, family. Eight was friends. Nine was sports. And ten was, you know, I, I don't know what it was. But I felt pretty good about my list, right? Oh, these are great things. Man, God is going to bless me. I can't wait to turn over my sheet and show everybody, hey, this is a good God man right here. I got it, I got it together. We're at youth camp. Every answer, Jesus, got it together, all right? So as we're sitting there, and as the speaker's going on, he, he just kind of says, I want you to raise your hand if your first one was God. And man, I was like, oh, man, everybody got the answer. All right, that's not fair. So everybody had God. And the next one was church and Bible, and all these things were different priorities. And then we started getting into sports and athletics and, and creative arts and different things were on these lists, and family and friends. And something that said something that stuck with me all these years that is still a struggle to this day, that he said, friends, God is not a priority in which you write on your list. God is the paper by which you write all other priorities. And so we live in a world where we think that church and our involvement with the Lord, our trust and our faith in Jesus is simply one spoke on the rung of our life. That we follow Jesus over here, we do our sports over here, we do our school over here, we do our job over here, we do our family over here, and it's just one rung and all these different things. But the reality is that's a crowded heart. That's a crowded heart that that chokes out the very word. The reality is God, our relationship with the Lord, touches, influences every other portion of our lives. It it affects the way that we treat our wife and husband. It affects the way we treat our kids and our jobs and homes. It affects every portion of us. And so if we see our relationship with the Lord is just simply one thing that needs to be checked off a box or one thing that needs to be done, then it becomes just one thing in the trove of things that we try to achieve. Friends, seniors, as you go off to college, know that there will be many, many good pursuits in your life, many good endeavors that you will want to do, want to achieve, want to be a part of. But the reality is if the Lord is not your rock and your foundation, then it'll easily easily be one of the first things that's choked out. Can I tell you, in my own life, in, in my own life, even over these past few months, I've felt the crowded nature of my relationship with the Lord. Yes, Lord, I want to read your word. I want to study your word, but I've got, I've got T-ball. I've got all this stuff going on. I want to be a good here and good here, and I want to do all these different things going on in my life, and the reality is, at times, God's word and my relationship with him can just be, well, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll, we'll get to it. We'll figure it out. It'll be okay. I'll just, I'll, tonight, when I get home, it'll be Friends, you see the the reality of the world that we live in, the culture that we live in today that would have us being crowded in our relationship with the Lord. 
And so as you think through it as a congregation, as you think through your priorities, what does it look like for you to follow Jesus? It's not simply one thing to be done or achieved. It is everything. It is everything that we are. And so the thorns, the crowded heart, and then we get to this fertile, open heart. Verse 20. But those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. So the reality of this is that we want our seed to bear fruit. This is what we're praying for earnestly for our one. Lord, would you bear fruit in their soul? Would you, would you allow their hearts to be ready and open and responsive to the gospel message? Lord, would you open their heart? Why? But it's also what we pray for ourselves every single day. Lord, would you prepare my heart? Would you allow my heart to be good soil, open to your word, open to the authority of your word in my life? As believers, I pray that you desire your heart to be open and fertile for the word. You know, at times, at times it takes some tilling to get some good soil, does it not? I'm not much of a green thumb. I don't know how to plant things. We try to get cactuses so they all live. We can't kill our plants in our house. I mean, we just, we, we don't have good luck. But I do know that before you plant something, it's good to check the soil out and it's good to, to till the soil. And we've just moved and we have three young kids. And as we were tilling some of our soil, we found some crazy things. We found some Happy Meal toys. We found some rocks. We found like darts, Nerf darts everywhere. We found lost toys. We found all sorts of stuff as we begin to toil the soil in our house, getting ready to plant some, some seeds, some stuff. That stuff would have definitely gotten in the way as we were growing some plants. And as we look at God's word, at times, as we, as we allow God's word to be an authority in our life, to till the soil of our soul, you will find things that don't need to be there. As you read God's word, you say, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I didn't feel it. Yes, Lord, I feel that pride in me, Lord. I see that. That doesn't need to be there. And you allow those thorns and those weeds and those things as you read and you allow God's word to be an authority in your life to just say, Lord, take this from me. Take this out. Allow my, allow my heart to be a, a fertile ground for your word to take root and bear fruit. It's an active process that we take. We pray over it and we allow God's word to lead us and guide us. As you look on the back of your outline, you see a parallel passage in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Luke records Jesus in talking about the good soil. He says, as for that in the good soil, there are those who hear, hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. The good soil first holds the word fast. You just received a Bible a few moments ago, and inside that Bible is the same thing I wrote to the third graders when they got their Bibles. Allow God's word to be a lamp into your feet and a light into your pathway. That you allow God's word to just lead you and guide you. This past week, our family got back from a, a wonderful week at Disney World, and as we got home, one of the first things that my wife did as she got home, she put down the luggage right on the ground, didn't even care, and she ran to our nine-month-old that we did not take to Disney World, and after a week of being apart from little Nora, she just reached out and grabbed her and held her tight, almost squeezed the life out of that little girl, just held her so tight because she had missed that little girl and held her so fast. Oh, just smelled her and soaked it up, just soaked up that time, just holding her so close. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. We just hold that little baby so close. Grandparents, you know, just don't let it go. You just want to be near that baby, hold it so close. As you come to God's word, friends, this is believers. There are those days you just hold God's word fast. This is why we memorize scripture. We hold on to it. We cling on to it because you will walk through times where persecution will come your way. Difficulty will come your way because of this word. 
Trials, tribulations, struggles, hardships, difficulties will come your way and you will have to hold tight to God's word. You have to cling to it. Allow it to be the authority to say, Lord, wherever this word takes me, wherever you say, wherever you lead, I will follow you and you hold it fast and tight. So to have good soil, you allow God's word to hold fast in your heart and you do it with an honest and a good heart, with a humble heart. So I was thinking about this sermon this morning, I began to think through in my mind the great men and women of the faith that I I just hold in high esteem. The men and women that I look up to, the men and women that I just want to put myself around because I think so highly of them. And as I began to think about their attributes, there is one core attribute that transcended every single one of them. Humility. As they were trusting in Jesus, as they were following Jesus, as they were giving their lives to Jesus daily and holding fast, there was one thing that exuded out of them just an utmost humility and trust in Jesus, that they were humble men and women who just said, I, I need Jesus. I don't always know and understand all the answers. I don't get everything all the time, but I know deep in my heart, I need Jesus. And so they hold fast in an honest and good heart, and then they bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit with patience. As we read God's word, as we study it and we apply it, our goal for ourselves and for others is to bear fruit with patience. You know, sometimes these things don't happen overnight. As you seek after God's word, as you sow the seeds of the gospel with other people, as you pray over your one, as you seek after your one to know Jesus, you do it with patience, with perseverance, with persistence. Because we want people to go from death to life. I'll ask you this final question. Are you sowing? Are you growing? And are you showing the good news of Jesus? Let's pray together. Good Lord, thank you. Oh Lord, we are so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for these wonderful seniors who stand before us to remind us of Lord, your incredible work to send us out We pray that they've been built up, that we are prepared to send them out onto the mission field, but in reality, we are all sent out every single week onto our mission fields. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the boldness, that you would give us the ears to hear, the mouth to speak, and the heart to love what you've called us to love. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.